It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Guys, I want to talk to you about attention to detail for a moment. What makes the dimples on a golf ball so important? What may seem insignificant, but without them, your ball wouldn't travel half as far as, or in Neil's case, attempt to go straight. Those ball manufacturers measure to make sure each one of those dimples is right to within one thousandth of an inch. That's the kind of attention to detail you'll see in Cooper, Discoverer's, and Duramax SUV tire. From severe weather traction to durable tread technology, every last inch of the Enduramax is designed to give you the best ride possible for as long as possible. All Cooper tires are backed by a limited warranty, a 45-day test drive warranty, and select products are backed by Treadwear Mileage Warranty, helping to give you confidence on the road. For complete product and warranty details, please visit www.coopertires.com or www.coopertires.ca. And remember, go with the Coopers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. I'm Cody, joined today by DJ Pajowski. Deej, what's going on, man? Not much. Greetings. Uh, thrilled to be uh, talking about one of my, I would say, one of my favorite places to go. I really, really dig Colonial Country Club. I think it's awesome. I could not agree with that more. Fort Worth sings to me. It does. Why, why do you think that is? I don't know. I think it's a it's a city, but it doesn't feel like a city. It has charm, tons of character. The cowboy in me like is like, hell yeah, let's put on my cowboy hat and go to the <laughs> stockyards. Let's have a day, as uh as the Fort Worth people would say. You know, I think for Colonial itself, it obviously has a ton of rich history, not only with architecture-wise, or Champions, or Ben Hogan, or Byron Nelson, or any of those guys. But it just feels good to be there. And at a lot of private places, you don't really get that. I think that's exactly right. I uh, It's one of those places I think I had, I had not really been there until a couple years ago. And it was a place I had watched on TV for 20 years. I had seen all kinds of different PGA Tour events. I couldn't really tell you much uh, from watching it on TV. I mean, I could picture the 18th hole uh, and the pond and the you know all the all the you know Phil Mickelson winning there and the tartan jacket and and the Ben Hogan statue was kind of about all I could tell you. And I do think it's a place that it gets flattened a lot on on TV and not just physically. I mean, you know, yes, any there there really isn't much land movement or anything there it is a pretty flat golf course but it also gets um a lot of it runs together on tv there's not a lot of defining characteristics of a lot of these holes um and it's a place that you do kind of got to see and play and uh i think that's kind of really when the the character starts to to shine a little bit more so um it was a place also that you know i i think it's so throwback in so many different ways I think the membership is extremely throwback. Um, I don't usually enjoy getting deep into, you know, 
capital T, capital M, the membership on uh, conversations like this because I'm not a member here. And so what, you know, really, what do I care? But I think that uh, the membership at Colonial, I mean, it is a, it's a golf club, right? I mean, they, they really love, they love golf. They love hosting a PJ tour event. They love their place in the world of golf. They take a ton of pride in hosting the event. Um, I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize like, you know, how PJ tour events are run and that not every event is run by the PJ tour. A lot of them are run by, uh, kind of host organizations and the membership at colonial runs the PJ tour event at colonial, you know, they, they are the ones, uh, working out all the details and, and just making sure that the whole week is incredibly dialed. And it, now it's turned into the longest running event on the PJ tour, I believe. So it's, uh, it's just a really, really cool place full, filled with, uh, in my experience, like really genuine people who are both interested in, golf and golf history and also are happy to kind of show that off and welcome you into it and kind of i think those are my favorite places to go is when you really um go to you know one of these private clubs where people are just thrilled that you're there and they're thrilled to to show it off and that's always been my experience at colonial no i agree i think the members there obviously are what make the club stand out and, and continue to push not only the tournament that they host every year, but also kind of their, their standing, not only in the modern game, but really keeping up with time and, and the historical outlook on that. And they've done a phenomenal job through the tournament of not only giving great sponsors exemptions to make sure that the next generations of professionals are coming in, but also, you know, it's, it's pretty cool that when you look back and like, there's not a lot of women who have ever played in the PGA tour. And the fact that <laughs> this is, you know, where Annika played right? and the, the, the grace that the, the tournament showed and, and set that up is phenomenal. Yeah. Well, should we get into uh, a little bit of kind of the nuts and bolts history? Yes. I love it. Let's do so, it. So I think one thing, you know, we mentioned kind of their, uh, their sense of history and the only place where I'll say that that might, kind of uh not necessarily bite them but the only the only place where that's a little bit at odds i think with how the golf course plays is uh the fact that the golf course was started by marvin leonard in 1936 uh almost for the like express purpose of having bent grass greens in fort worth i think that was something marvin leonard who is kind of the the visionary behind the club and and the guy who really uh you know you can do a whole deep dive on Marvin Leonard, who is a, a super interesting guy, but he was obsessed with this idea of having bent grass greens. He tried it at a couple other places. They, they wouldn't do it. So finally, I think, you know, turning a long story into a very short story, I think it, he basically was like, all right, cool. Then I'll build them at, at colonial. We'll have bent grass greens there. And they have maintained that to this day, despite the fact that it is hot as shit in Fort Worth. <laughs> Not only is it hot as shit, they get a ton of rain early in the year. They get, it, it is it is a miserable bio, you know, I'm not a, an agronomist and I'm not a greenskeeper, but speaking to a couple people in the know, I mean, it is a uh, totally abysmal place to try to keep bent grass greens alive through the heat, through the, through the wetness, through all of, all of those different things. But they have done it. The greens roll 
impeccably uh, whenever I've been there. They've been absolutely awesome. I obviously grew up on bent grass here in the Midwest. So it's always a thrill when you're you're playing somewhere in Texas and you realize there's no grain. You realize that the putt just kind of does what you think it's going to do. It does what it looks like it's going to do. Uh, but having said that, I think, uh, I, I cannot imagine the, the cost and the manpower and the, uh, just everything that goes into, goes into, uh, maintaining those, those greens. Cody, I know you've, you only played it once, but did you have, uh, any, any takeaway on the greens at all? They roll pure, but again, as great as they roll, I can only imagine the struggle, the cost, and ultimately, I don't want to use the word waste, but but probably a little bit of keeping <laughs> up with them, maintaining them. What I remember, a horrible time for myself to go out there and play. But then again, when you think about spring in Texas, like it rains a ton. So when we were out there, it obviously rained a ton. It rained while we were filming. It rained the entire next day and it was it was wet and there's a lot that they probably could do i know they're going to do as we'll get into later with some of the changes that they they plan on making but man incredible green complexes very very difficult with runoffs and you know i don't want to say deep bunkers but a lot of the greens are kind of perched up and what you see i i, I didn't even realize this but not an original perry maxwell design so I would say he he was kind of the second man to come in and take a hack at it. Yeah, he he was uh, cleaning up some of the, the John Breedemus stuff, right? Right. And uh, yeah, I, I can't tell you a ton about John Breedemus, but you know, it's it's just a. I, I'm trying to think if you were going to really like describe the the architecture at, at Colonial. It it strikes me as one of those places that's very uh, simple but not easy. You know, it's a lot of, it's not going to wow you if you're just out there, you know, I think it's one of those places if you're, if you're playing it without, if you're walking around there without golf clubs, it probably feels a lot different than if you do have golf clubs, if that makes sense. Like it, it doesn't look like there's much going on when you're, when you're out there, everything is, you know, a simple kind of dog like here, dog like there. It's, it's pretty, um, there's not a ton of hazards. I mean, you get into like, Number five is is obviously a really tough driving hole. There's a couple spots on the back nine where you know you've got a little bit of water and and a couple property lines and stuff, but it's pretty much kind of winds within itself on this this piece of property. It's not like you're you're dealing with a ton of OB or or anything like that. And I don't know what it is, but it just I think with how fast it plays uh, at certain parts of the year and really for the tournament, how um, how unpredictable the rough can be how like really pretty small the greens are and and the targets are probably even smaller than that it it just it's one of those places like i I got a really great appreciation for it when we were playing it with the hickories because it feels like a place where you are you're really 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 just playing from point a to point b you're you're trying not to get too far ahead of yourself and you and you're really just like all right i gotta be there there's kind of only um it, it's not going to overwhelm your senses like some places, right? It's it's pretty obvious what the challenge is. And it, a lot of holes, it might just be something like, hey, there's a an overhanging tree on the right. Like I just, I can't be, I got to be on the left. I got to be on the left. I got to be on the left. And it's, you're kind of focused on those challenges throughout the day, but it does a, a great job of, it does a very elegant job of that. I think if that, if that makes sense, it's, it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty straightforward test, but I also think it's just like a really classic, really just really cool uh, place to play golf. Could not agree more. 
So a little quote here that I just pulled up. A straight ball will get you in more trouble at Colonial than any other course I know. Ben Hogan. There you go. Ben, so we, we should mention, so we mentioned uh, Marvin Leonard and John Breedemus and Perry Maxwell, and they started hosting the PJ Tour event in 1946. Um, I would recommend, first of all, anybody who's interested in Colonial and interested in, in Ben Hogan, I'm guessing those two kind of go hand in hand. Uh, go listen to the podcast Solly did. God, I can't remember what number it is. It was probably almost two years ago now, I would guess, but a, a deep dive on the history of Ben Hogan and what he meant to Fort Worth. And, uh, he, he did a great job, got some great quotes and talked to a lot of people who worked at his equipment company, but there was, there was some great stuff, uh, that kind of goes in concert with this crash course podcast. But I think what's really interesting, and I don't know if we want to skip ahead to this now, but I've heard that quote a bunch as well. Uh, you know, the straight ball is going to, you got to be able to shape it. You got to be able to do all these different things at colonial. And I think that was true for a very, very, very long time until, but, but what's really tough. And I don't want to, you know, we don't need to get into equipment discussion, but we were out there this year and you're watching guys like Jason Kokrak, like bomb it over some of these corners and talking to some of the members. All it's in. like, yeah, he's, he's completely all in. Uh, nobody called his bluff that week either. He, exactly. he, he ran the table. Uh, but you're talking to some of the members and, and there are a lot of members who I think still think the way of that quote that you're talking about, because I think that's the way it plays for the membership. But I think colonial is a good, um, it's a great example of just how far the amateur game, how far the professional game has drifted from the amateur game. Yeah. And I think that's, that's probably a big reason why Gil Hans is coming in and they're, they are giving it a bit of a facelift, which I think is much is, is needed. I mean, it does feel dated. It feels, it feels old. It feels like it's, it's uh, a little shaggy around the, around the edges, so to speak. I mean, the golf course is in great shape, but you know what I mean? It, it, it does feel a little, a little tired out there. I think that's kind of part of the charm, but I'm not a member. So I get why, uh, I get why they're looking to, to shake that up, but yeah, it's watching the pros play out there is a lot different than, you know, watching your own game out there, watching the membership play out there, because it's it's a place where for all the thinking that I have to do on a golf course like that and, and you know, trying to shape shots and stuff, it, it is uh, interesting, disheartening, uh, inspiring, depressing, whatever your adjective is that you want to use uh, to watch the pros play it because it's a lot different. They're blowing it over the corners. They're, they're throwing it high and soft and landing it on these small greens. I mean, it, it is a, <laughs> it's a different way than uh, Mr. Hogan played the golf course. I think very much. It's the only place where technology truly outpaced, even with an 80 year head start, how tall trees can grow in Texas. Right. Because yeah, exactly. dog legs mean nothing there. And thinking about it, you know, this week I was up in New Jersey with uh, Big Randy and we had an opportunity to play Baltistral. And kind of the thoughts that the members of Baltistral had is exactly the same thing that the members that I talked to at Colonial discussed is that there's no other really championship golf courses out there where these great layouts are truly brought down to their knees by the professional game and the technology that the new equipment has. There's a lot of other courses that we talk about that are short that can still host championships. You know, we could go on and on and on that still have enough teeth that make it stand up, whether it's rough or bunkers or anything else like that. But there's not a lot of other 
defenses that Colonial can specifically throw up. I mean, talk about the horrible horseshoe. We can talk about Hogan's Alley, which are amazing holes in them themselves. But with distance, it it doesn't really matter. And the property that Colonial sits on, is it's almost maxed out. And a lot of that has changed dramatically over time. And we talk about kind of what they're going to do with the, let me see, eight. I know talking to the member that I had an awesome round out there with and, and completely loved getting the history side of it. But the Trinity River is the one that is borders the, the course, I believe, on the northern side of the property. And the Army Corps of Engineers, when they came in and actually had to reinforce the sides of the Trinity River, specifically on the golf course side, did a number on that hole. You know, obviously had to pour a ton of cement. So this, the property, you know, the, the land was not just completely running into it, but that, again, took land away from the golf course and changed how a couple of them not only were played, but the routing of it. So I'm excited to see eight and really them putting that green further over to the left, more inland, but also pushing that tree back out to where the, the tee box originally was. And that's tucked right up next to the water because it's just little things like that. As these old courses come up and, and things happen, greens tend to get a little bit smaller. And for Colonial's sake, unforeseen circumstances got in the way, which really punished them on three, four really good golf holes. Yeah. And I think, I think to that point too, Colonial doesn't really have a ton of, you know, I don't think they need this necessarily to like sell memberships or anything. I mean, I think, you know, people who, who, uh, might be interested in joining Colonial know what Colonial is. It's not like, you know, that's the reason to go, but they don't really have like a a great standout. There's not a great standout picture out there, right? You know, there's, there's no great standout, uh, holes other like, maybe number, I guess, nine and 18, but those are like almost don't fit with the rest of the golf course or what the rest of that golf course looks like. And I think eight, they have a great chance to make eight kind of this like really, really iconic, uh, par three that still fits very naturally with the rest of the golf course. So I'm, I'm interested to see what, what they do with that one as well. What's your favorite hole out there, Deej? Oh man. Um, that's a, that's a good question. It's, I think, you know, you mentioned briefly like the, the horrible horseshoe and it's numbers three, four, and five. And the whole idea there is, you know, it's these incredibly tough pars. Uh, number three is a dog like left. Um, it, they're, they're really like not only tough pars, but it's, it's a lot of different shots that you have to hit. It's not like it's, you know, you have to hit the same shot over and over, which is kind of cool on that three hole stretch. But number three, dog like left, uh, some really punishing bunkers on the inside of that dog leg that you can either, you know, you can either carry, you can play out to the right of, you can take them on, not take them on, uh, kind of choose where you want to have your difficult shot. I think that's a really cool hole. Number four is a, just a long, very straightforward par three. Uh, and then number five, probably the, you know, the iconic hole on the golf course, maybe the, uh, just the tightest feeling tee shot ever. I mean, I, I hit, a fade, which I think helps a little bit. I think you can kind of start it out left at the, at the driving range and, and cut it back to the fairway. But if you hit a draw and you're trying to land one, you know, the, the fairway feels like it can't a little bit kind of right to left. If you're, 
if you're trying to hit a draw in there, it's going to hit the down slope. It's going to kick down left into that little ravine. You're going to be absolutely dead uh, because there's OB all the way up the right. And really during the tournament, OB all the way up the left too with the with the driving range. So just a, a really tough, 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 uh, you know, driving hole there. But I, I would say, I mean, number five might be my favorite hole after all this. Like it, it's it's so hard, but it's, uh, it's one of those, like if you can put one in the fairway, I feel like you start to get your your adrenaline going a little bit and like, all right, I might actually be able to make a par here. And those holes usually aren't my favorite, but for whatever reason at Colonial, I think it's just uh, leaning into the challenge and leaning into how difficult it is. It's just a, it's a really cool. And I, I really like that one. And I really like um, 15 as well on the back nine is the par four uh, dog leg right as well. Um, kind of almost like a, not not necessarily like a blind landing zone but you got to kind of figure out like how if you can cover these bunkers where you're going to leave it and then you've got a kind of a cool shot into the green um with a green that slopes pretty well back to front and it's just a pretty interesting shot so those are probably the two that stick out to me what what did i did i steal yours did i leave one out there for you no i mean five's an awesome golf hole but that's what everybody says everybody talks about five uh I actually want to give a quick. There's lots of different ways that you can play five. You want to see an uh, interesting way to play five? Just just bomb it as far left into that driving range as you possibly can, and <laughs> That's then the try, real play. To, try to sprint out while there's active shooters happening still on the <laughs> range, and then just stuff it right to the middle of the green as he did in uh, the Hickory Challenge for Wild World of Golf. Um. But no, you're right. Awesome, awesome hole. It, There's a couple other standouts. I mean, I think I think one's I think one's a really good hole. Like I think one's a, a really cool par five. I think you gotta really think again, like I think some of my my thinking might be colored by the fact that we played hickories out there really awesome. twice. I mean, we we played with right. the while we're the golf and then the next day we had a kind of an NLU hickory event out there with the the folks from Charles Schwab. But uh I think when you're playing the hickories, like the, the par fives turn into real par fives. Yeah. You got it. Like you have to really think your way around and you see how the course would have played, you know, in the fifties, sixties, even the seventies. And like all of a sudden there's a lot more interesting bunkers out there. There's a lot more going on that like really makes you, like I said, up front really makes you play from point A to point B rather than just bombing it as far as you can and finding it and hitting it on the green, which is, I'm guessing how a lot of people, you know, do play the course these, these days. Colonial has one of my one of the most uncomfortable holes I've played all year, and that's number seven. Yeah, and there, there's just dead straight. <laughs> there's something to be said. Like five, I get, but like that's how I view holes anyway. I, I I look at them and I'm like, okay, well, it's it's forcing you to hit a shot here. If you you keep it, if you hit it straight, you're fine. You right. Feel it right, you're you're gonna be okay. You can't feel it too far right, or else you're those trees are so tall, but I was, I wasn't going to say in the water, but like those trees are probably just going to knock it straight down out of play. Anyway, seven is a very uncomfortable as straight as you can possibly be. There's, they have like, you know, two little fairway bunkers up on the right hand side. You can hit it a little bit left. You're going to be in the trees, but it probably has one of my favorite green complexes out there. So good. Really, it, really cool. Three tier green that has two awesome bunkers both front right front left and then one right over the back left side of it if you miss back back or back right it's just like running down away from you anyway such a cool green it's impossible to chip around that green when you're 
playing hickories that have zero bounce <laughs> as I found out. Like, okay, well, I'll just putt it from 60 yards off. But there's some about a straight, you know, straight holes, straight putts are always the worst. Well, especially in a in a place where I mean, every hole is dog-legging, right? I mean, right's, right. right's uh, number one's going to the right, number two's going to the right, number three's going to the left, number five's going to the right, number six is going to the right, and then you get to number seven, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, this is dead straight. Uh, what the hell? Like, I've been, my cut's been rewarded on, you know, three of these first seven holes, four of these first seven holes, or six holes, and uh, but now it's just supposed to, you know, supposed to just hit a dead straight ball? Like, I can't do that. And it just makes you freak out and blowing the trees right or blowing the trees left like yeah i don't know if i've ever hit that fairway you know it is there is a pretty even mix out there of holes that move right to right to left versus left to right yeah i think maybe the 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 cut might have just a slight advantage maybe but i think that's one of the things like we we mentioned a couple times you know gil hans is is planning to go in and i think there's something interesting about how they're actually gonna how they're gonna actually pull that off in in itself because you know with the tournament being in may and the when you'd have to grasp things and i don't know how they're going to do that if they're going to be able to redo all 18 holes you know all in one calendar year i don't really see the pj tour going to a place where they they redid nine of the holes and nine of the greens are new and nine of the greens aren't uh or if they're just going to have to take off like a full year from the tournament i don't really know how that is going to work i think that's interesting in and of itself but I'll tell you. One I'll the tell things. you how it works. Cash, baby. Yeah, I guess you, so. You, yeah, you pay for sod. You don't got to worry about grow-ins. That's that's true. Maybe they'll just absolutely uh, just fill it up with with manpower. But uh, I think one of the things that they'll probably end up doing is is canting those fairways at least a little bit more um, and kind of trying to make sure that you know if you're if you're trying to if the proper shot into a fairway is is a cut you know maybe making that the fairway cants a little bit more uh right to left or or vice versa if you if the proper shot is hitting a draw because i think one of the things that makes colonial so interesting is that idea of really being forced to work the ball both ways and you really don't have to do that now on the pj tour right right i mean i think you can we hear guys talk about that all the time and that was one of the big rory quotes of the year kind of was like you know, I got away from, from hitting a draw and I can just hit a cut all the time. And that's what you hear Dustin Johnson talk about all the time. Like, Oh, I would, I never, ever have to hit a draw anywhere. And so I think if they, you know, I know there's only so much you can do. And, and even with the length that those guys hit it, you know, even if you miss the fairway and you're up in that rough, uh, you know, you're still definitely able to survive. I mean, it's, you might just be putting it on the green and two putting, but, I think it would be, I, I would love to see that brought in a little bit more at least. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with the renovation. Yeah, I'm excited. I think, you know, Gil's been on a heater of just doing phenomenal renovations and restor- restorations. It's crazy to be like, man, I don't know a club out there that like has this project going on that Gil's name is not attached to. Right. Randy and I had the opportunity to sit down with him this week. And we asked him that question, and we'll run it on the Baltic Stroll crash course. His biggest thing, and as he says there, is like, hey, I, these are phenomenal layouts. There's not a lot that Perry Maxwell did wrong here. We just got to figure out how to get Perry Maxwell up to 2021, 2022. Yeah. Well, so what, not to put you on the spot, but as it pertains to Colonial, I mean, I know you guys just 
saw Baltus roll. Obviously, they're making those changes, I would think, you know, not just for the membership, but also so they can continue to be relevant in professional golf and major championship golf. I mean, what did you see at Baltus roll that would be a good test of professional golfers? A lot of the fairway lines have completely changed. So first of all, Baltistraw, they took out a ton of trees. Colonial, that's not an issue there. I'm not going to have to remove trees. But fairways and fairway lines, and specifically moving a move, moving the fairway bunkers to where it is now in landing areas. And the, the tremendous thing is that everybody has... There's 20 years now of shot link data that it's easy to put these in place right. and that's what you know tc and i when we did the mirfield village podcast it was easy they're like well we know exactly where to put these bunkers now because of shot link data and i think that's some that colonial can easily do and i know that's what they're planning on doing so what happens is when you move bunkers to landing areas for the professional game and they don't have to move too many dog legs because the t length is kind of already there that's not necessarily the issue but it ends up making the course actually easier and more enjoyable for the members uh, right. because they're just landing it in different areas. They're completely staying away from all the, the ha hazards or anything else. And I think a lot of that is just reinforcing your mowing lines and putting rough back to where it's, you it needs to be rough and making rough penal. It doesn't have to be six inches, but there's different species of grass and everything that you can put in to, to make it so, you know, you're punished and from the members tees or from the ladies tees or anything else, make it wide. And it's a pretty easy comp once you actually look at it from overhead and you realize, wow, this is definitely doable. One thing that kind of stuck out with me, I hadn't been to the actual PJ tour event at colonial. Like I hadn't been there in person in, in quite a while. And being out there this year, even just for a couple of days, I mean, it was, it was rainy, but I think it's, it's usually, you know, decently wet at that time of the year and, uh, watching how inconsistent that Bermuda rough can be. I, I think, I, I mean that as a compliment in like a, a really good way. I think what's so interesting about that place is how, you know, especially when it gets wet, you don't know if it's going to sit down. You don't know if it's going to sit up. You don't know if it's going to be a flyer. You don't know if it's going to be just complete, like hack it out dead ball sort of thing. I think that's a really, really cool aspect of colonial too. And hopefully that, that kind of sticks around and even becomes more of a, a factor because I think it was, it was a really interesting way to, um, I don't know. I mean, the, the scores at, at colonial are, are low. Like, I mean, guys, guys definitely go low there, but the, the winning score this year was 14 under. I mean, right. that's not, that's not outrageous. And for not a place that everybody talks, everybody talks about is like, you know, oh, the colonial, like it's so outdated, it's such a pushover, which I know we mentioned some of the, the distance stuff, like, you know, yeah, guys are flying a lot of the, a lot of these corners and stuff, but there, there's clearly some, some defense still out there and there's still some bogeys out there. And I think a lot of that has to do with how they treat the rough, which is, which is really interesting to me. No, I could not agree with you more. And, you know, the fact that that's why everybody loves Bermuda rough. I mean, that's what kind of, it's, it's, I guess it's cool, but like, why do you have bent grass greens? <laughs> Which apparently they'll they'll be sticking around. That they uh, they're going to keep the the bent grass greens through the renovation because that's listen. It's a sense of history, man. That's what the club was founded on. I I get that, but at the end of the day, as long as the members are happy, that's the most important thing. I think it's so yeah. cool that Fort Worth and and 
the multiple different sponsors that they've had for the tournament have held on to it as long as they have. And, and kudos to them, the club, the community uh, for continuing to make it happen to include even running it a year without a sponsor. And I think that's the most important part. They definitely have a place within the game. They have a place within a massive place within the history of the game. And I think, you know, in two years when we do Crash Course 2.0 on Colonial post Gil's work there, I'm sure it'll be be different. Only, listen, we got to be fair and balanced. There's some weird, weird artwork in the locker room, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm being honest. I don't know if you've seen any of that, but... That's your I'll, locker I'll leave that. I, I, I'll I, leave. I walked in. You're getting chummy down there. I didn't realize your, your locker room attendant down there. You guys were that, that close of friends. Scotty. Big big shout out to Scotty, the locker room attendant. He go. was in our uh, he was in our video when we we did a little history of colonial video. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll just leave that there. The people who you know, those who know will know. But there's there's a couple weird paintings going on in that locker room. <laughs> All right, great. If you have the opportunity, check it out. Report back. DJ, yeah, the pictures of them. All right, man. That's it. I don't think we left anything else out. No, I can't can't wait to get back. I know. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, see ya later.